Uh, not much improvement needed from our Matildas. They've been very good. Maybe our next guest, who was a tipping genius during the World Cup, Rooch, may have been a little off their game when no, we spoke to No, I think you're being far week. too Am harsh. I really? Yes, because anyone who looked at Australia-Philippines in the lead-up to this game would say the Philippines, six months leading up to this Olympic qualifier, did suggest this would be the toughest match. You are too nice. I'm not as nice as you, Rooch. Former Matilda, Alicia Canavas, part of the SEN family, we love her dearly, said it'll be a tight game. We won 8 0. Hello, Alicia. Tell, oh, him, tell him to get I'm stuffed. I'm on my game. I'm way oh. on my game. <laughs> Lift. Performance. I just watched the goals roll in and I was like excited, but I thought of you guys actually. I was like, damn it. You know, my tips, my tipping prowess is, is flawed now with that 8 0 demolition. It was. It was great to watch. Oh, I know all the pressure. You did say that uh, we'd beat Iran 3-0. We were 2-0 there. It could mm. have easily been 3. Um, did it surprise yeah. you against the Philippines? Uh, yes, it did. Like, in terms of the cohesion, um, obviously we're familiar with that starting 11, right, that Tony mm. produced for that match. Uh, very, very familiar players on the pitch. But I actually think that's the best I've seen them look together, mm. like, co- cohesion-wise. Um, for a very long time. I know it was against the Philippines, which, look, all in all, we expected to beat, even if it was difficult. But um, 8-0, uh, that, that would take nothing away from the Philippines. That is pure class that they were up against with the quality of the passing, the quality of the finishing, um, I guess the telepathy between the players. You could just see it. It was The girls were on, and it was really, really great football to watch. Mm. So the second round of this Olympic qualifying zone system towards Paris next year finishes with Chinese Taipei. So Australia's won the past eight. It has 47 wins against Chinese Taipei. hasn't lost to them since 1989. You wouldn't think there would be a slip-up, would you? No, I don't no. expect there to be a slip-up. We're hearing about personnel changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Emily Van Egmond's gone back to her club, as has Ellie Carpenter gone back to Lyon. Um, so we expect to see some changes, which I think is a healthy thing. It's a good thing to yep. get the rotation going again. Um, but, yeah, I expect us to be quite clinical again against Chinese Taipei. Alicia, let me ask you a silly question. Who are the two best players in the Matilda squad? Two best. Oh, that is a tough question. Two best. Um, look, I've, I've been speaking about Caitlin Ford for a long mm. time, pre-World Cup in particular, and for club and country, she's been fantastic, and her performance against the Philippines was sensational, just really, really clinical and sharp. She looks excellent. Um, so at the moment, Caitlin Ford is up there for me. Um, second player, it's a tough one. I, look, I have to say Claire Hunt. I, I have to put her up there. She's, Ahead of Sam Kerr. Yeah, you know what? For what she's achieved wow. in a very short space of time, and her def- like without this, I guess the solid defence, right, makes mm. it very difficult for our attacking players to get involved. If the defence is flawed, it changes the game completely for any team. So, I think the injection of Claire Hunt, albeit through the injury of Polkinghorne and, and Kennedy, has been a masterclass from her coming into that role in the centre centre of defence and and just stepping up and like. 
didn't miss a beat the whole World Cup and I think she's still been quite good and on form. So they'd be my two, top end of the park and at the back end of the park. That is a staggering answer, but a brilliant one. And Caitlin Ford has been directly involved in 19 goals across her last 15 appearances, 11 goals herself and eight assists. But uh, I asked the question and that caught me on the hop because Sam Kerr took out another award, the Asian Federation. Football Confederation Women's Player of the Year Award, uh, and that's a mighty achievement. But uh, she's third in your pecking order in the Matildas. Yeah, and look, I shouldn't take too much skin off Sam. I mean, she's, she is Sam Kerr, right, for a reason. Mm. The name is now synonymous worldwide. But, um, look, she's, she's well briefed in the Matildas, I guess, from a youngster, right? She's had so much experience and yeah. come through the ranks from a very young age. So I think... Naturally, with success, becomes a bit of expectation. So take nothing away from Sammy. Yes, she'd be my number three. I'll give mm. her that. But, um, look, she's having such wonderful success still, right? The AFC Player of the Year is fantastic. She was second in the Ballon d'Or on Monday morning as well um, over in Paris, which is people still say, should she have won the Ballon d'Or? And it's always arguable. But to be in the top three on the planet is just sublime. And uh, she goes from strength to strength and I really look forward to seeing what she can do next year at the Olympics as well. Alicia, from the World Cup to this Olympic qualifier, is something consolidating with the way in which the Matildas are playing or is there a new edge? What has emerged from the two games you've seen? A a bit of both. I think with the changes in the first game against Mm. Iran, um, people will argue that it was a little bit clunky and and that's to be expected. When you make changes to personnel... It's all about getting that cohesion and getting the, the chemistry going between the, the players that are on the pitch. But mm. what I did like to see was, was Claire Wheeler, Amy Sayer, Alex Chidiak. I think their injection is very positive. Um, so I think we're on, on the precipice of some sort of change um, in the terms of the Matildas. There's obviously depth on our bench, uh, which is exciting. But um, when we go back to our natural starting 11, which we've seen quite consistently, we can see how efficient that now looks. Um, that also comes with, I think, a bit of confidence off the back of the World Cup, right? You, yeah. you have, I'd, I'd imagine, coming fourth in a World Cup, mm. a home World Cup at that, making a semi-final, that's huge. So as a team and as a unit, you draw a lot of confidence from that. So we've got this, this double-edged sort of wonderful players and experienced players and very cohesive players. They've been around and playing together a long time. But this, this new fresh energy coming through as well, which I think is excellent and we saw Claire Wheeler get on on the board as well which I think is really cool. Uh, We spoke last week and you mentioned Courtney Vine being one of the few players that still just plays locally and not overseas. How important is it for our girls to be playing overseas to make a decent living but also to go to the next level as much as we'd like to keep them here? Oh yeah look I and I am a huge advocate of trying to to lift our league to keep them here right it's it's mm. no easy feat because it comes with investment and a few other factors there as well but um look for them to go to the next level Tony Gustafsson spoke of it a lot um he wanted players when he came into the coaching realm to step up and go overseas and try and play in the best clubs week in week out to improve the level and the standards so that they're playing against the best week in week out which makes sense um does that sort of detract from our league? Yes, it does, because we'd also like to see our players coming home and adding not only quality to our league, but value mm. as well. Uh, when they come home, they also draw a lot of international players with them, um, which is almost like, you think about leagues being magnets, 
when you see a few of the best sort of floating around different leagues that attract certain players. So I think there's a need to have Matildas, active Matildas, playing in our current league. Um, we can see Kaya Simon is back in, Lydia Williams. Um, you know, some of those players are on, on the brink of retirement, but I think a player like Courtney Vaughan, it's really special to still have her playing in Sydney. Um, where she's always really applied her craft for the most part, a little bit up here in Brisbane for the Raw, but it's it's a really uh, important thing for the A-League to have Matildas Alicia, around help. playing. Alicia, help us with what happens with the third round. So we'd expect Australia to win Group A, Japan to win Group yeah. C. Group B is interesting, yeah. whether it's one of the Koreas or China. But then how do yeah. they decide of the four teams that are going to be in the third round, how do they decide the pairings of who plays who in the home and away, and then decide the two that go to Paris? Your guess is as good as mine at the oh, moment. No. I actually got off, got off the phones this afternoon to a couple of colleagues who've been in about the A-League, and we were literally dissecting this point about how it falls and how, oh, how? how it will fall. The likelihood is that I think we're going to end up playing Japan. No, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were just talking about this, having a little lunchtime catch-up, and I think we'll end up meeting Japan. And that can will that be? Hi, it's... Look, let me come back to you on that. That'll be next week's news. Yeah, I'll come no, back to I'm, you on I'm that. intrigued as to how, how they're going to do this. I mean, I, yeah, I would get um, it if, you know, you had four groups and then you could just say, okay, we'll draw them from the group winners from a hat. Yeah. And, but when and you're going to have three group winners and a runner-up, how does this work? Yeah, and this is, look, it's a different setup to World Cup qualification, yeah. Olympic qualification. So leave that little nugget with me. I, yeah, okay. I in our discussions, saw it as, Japan is where we'd end up, which is a challenge, right? Like, make no mistake, Japan are always a... a we saw them in the World Cup. They're a, an exceptional team. They're a tough outfit. Um, and that will be our challenge come February, should things fall that way. But that doesn't um, make sense. Surely you have the two well, best performers from this round avoid each other in the third round. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, sort it out. Sort it out for us. Will you? <laughs> we'll get back to you next week. Let's take this in a different direction. Uh, Australia finished w- a fourth in the recent World Cup. Tony Gustafsson, um, I wouldn't say he's been a polarising figure, but he's attracted his criticism mm-hmm. during his tenure. Now, the reach is a world game tragic, uh, as opposed to myself. <laughs> now, I thought Tony Gustafsson did a wonderful job. Sam Kerr, the way she was injured and managed her, and to finish where they yep. did. Out of 10, I said to Roach last week, it was an innocent question. How did you rate his performance? He gave him a 6.5. I thought that was harsh. I thought at worst mm. it'd be 7.5 or 8. How did you rate his performance or how would you rate it out of 10? Look, I have to... I'm not far off Roach. Oh. I, I think... <laughs> uh, I'm not... I wouldn't say it's a 6.5 or... I, look, I'm going to go 7. I'm going to give him a little yeah. bit more. We're splitting I, hairs. I don't... Yeah, we are. I, I could go six and a half. I'll go seven. Mm. I, I think Tony was good. Um, I think, obviously, they had strategy in and around the, the management of, of injury, particularly mm. Sam Kerr. I definitely questioned some of his selections mm. uh, and the lack of utilisation of the bench. I think it cost us dearly in certain sections of the mm. park. Um, would that have changed the game against England? I we, we will never know, no. right? Um, but our girls were tired. By the time mm. they got to that match in the semi-final, 
they have run kilometres, I would argue they've never run before yep. in a major tournament. And it's exhausting. You, your body can't keep producing at, at the level that's demanded of you. And when you, like you saw against England, they, they were literally run off their feet. So that is my big question mark around the management of the players and the rotation or lack thereof during the World Cup. And that's why I go my flat seven. A flat seven. Time. All right. Well, you're far more yeah. qualified than me to talk in this area. And so too is the route. But I would have thought we're a small fish in a very large pond when you look at experience and the opposition we're against and the player payments that they receive compared to what most of our girls get. Well, I wish you I, were my I, school teacher I and thought, did my grades. No, I would have had you expelled, Ruth. <laughs> You're a troublemaker. Um, all right, we need the prediction for tonight against Chinese Taipei. Whew, okay, it's been a bit off, haven't I? Let's go 3-0. Let's okay. wrap it up with 3-0 Australia. Yeah. You don't want to go 4 or 5? No, we're a bit depleted now. No, we're a bit depleted, exactly right. I think we've got some changes incoming and... Um, you know, a coach talking about maybe going to America, that's another conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think, I think think we're a 3-0 team with some adjustments. Well, after yeah. he takes us to fourth in the World Cup and everyone wants to give him a six and a half, I'd nick <laughs> off too. <laughs> You've run him out of town. Fair, fair. Uh, Alicia, yeah, always a joy to chat to you. Hopefully we can do it again uh, next week. Um, yeah, we appreciate your time. No, cheers, guys. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch up soon. There we go. IGA Supermarket Mm. supporting women in sport.